Good afternoon and welcome to the 330 Sports Show. Today is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. I'm Justin Coffin. Across from me is Joe Danier. We're going to talk, uh, it's going to be mostly Cleveland Browns today on the show, but we're going to talk a lot of NFL, um, a little Shohei Otani, some crazy uh, contract numbers that came out over the weekend, and just some random thoughts from the internet. So uh, internet's a weird place and uh, you know, there's a there's there was a few things I took from it this weekend that I'm gonna ask Joe about here on the other end. So Joe, um, let's start with um, the Cleveland Browns. First initial thought before we go to uh, our sponsor page. I'm 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 less than impressed. I'm less than impressed. Three and five. <laughs> what are you impressed about? Tell me what you're not impressed about. Let me gather my thoughts and I'll tell you okay. in a minute. I'm, I'm not griping. Five. I'm not griping. Okay. Let's the just fifth let's, seed. What's that? The fifth seed. Yeah. Well, all that's great. Mm-hmm. All that's great. But I like when we have continuity and we've done nothing to sac- We've sacrificed all of our continuity again. We might make the playoffs and we might do really well, but who's your real quarterback? Who, who's? I, I don't care. Whoever wins. Okay. All right. Whoever all wins. Right. I just, just freaking win. That's all I care all right. about right now. And this season, there's been so many injuries, so much, you know, so much uncertainty with like major players. That's what I hate the injuries but, and the freaking quarterback. But I mean, again. look at, look at, I mean, freaking Tommy DeVito won a game last night. Like he had to get off his shine box, go down, lives at his parents' house in New York and drives over there. His agent is, looks like he came straight out of the freaking mafia. Mm. So, I mean, Giants won. So, I mean, but Browns could could be way worse. So, Joe Flacco, you grab him off the couch oh, yeah. three weeks ago. Does, does this make you games. think that uh, Uncle Rico might have had a chance? I he mean, he may, may have. He used to same, be able to throw that ball over the mountains. It, he could just get up and pull someone off the couch and play really good football at the NFL level. I, I, I mean, mean I, all right. I know you're tired. I know it's, I know there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> but, but, but you want me to be happy. Don't I, you? I, I mean, for once in your life as a Browns fan, I mean, eight and five, three games over 500. Come All right. On. I will well, flip got- the switch. When- Let's talk about the positive. <laughs> David Njoku is a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah. But we knew that. Yeah, he we- did. Yeah, he is. He's he's solid. Two touchdowns. I think that was his first career two two touchdown game. David um, Bell. David Bell. First touchdown in his career. Uh, I mean, literally no one was near him. Walk in touchdown so unbelievable was that a busted coverage or was he just sneaky i think they just brought because that was a fourth down play i think it was like fourth and two or fourth and three i think jacksonville brought everybody Mm. and they were like you know what we're selling out and then the browns just uh like snuck him out and they you know busted coverage maybe but whatever you know it's like it was kind of like either like the Jaguars were going to, you know sack them or stop them or knock the ball down or something or the browns were going to score on that play and you know, so happened we scored and we'll take it. So, yeah. And our run running game wasn't all that great. I mean, I think it did, uh, you know, open up a little bit in the middle part of the game, but they were their run defense must have been better than I thought it was. Their, their run defense is one of the best in the NFL. Their okay. pass defense is, is, was a little weak. Um, and they had some guys banged up, but everybody's got banged up. I, I literally don't feel bad for anybody that's injured right. on any other team. Like you're looking at the Browns, no, you know, We've said it. I feel like we say it every week. It's like, no Nick Chubb. Okay. Sean Watson played five games this year. Um, Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin's done for this season. Um, 
uh, now Jed Wills is done for the season. Now your third tackle, um, Dewan Jones, done for the season. So you're on your fourth uh, tackle um, who has played really well. Um, you also, uh, Grant Delpit's been hurt. Denzel Ward hasn't played. You know, no one feels bad for uh, the Browns. But also, uh, as fans, we can say, hey, you know, look what we're doing with the guys we're throwing out there. And and I think I think they're doing a great job. So hold that thought. You want to do a quick break from with our sponsors, and then we'll come right back with some more yeah, thoughts on the Cleveland Browns. The wall or so. <laughs> Joe's going to go growl while the sponsors are talking. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling is affordable, professional, and there when you need us 24-7. Stay warm this winter by calling your hometown hero today. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling, 330-207-7070. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Eric Cromer, Cross Country Mortgage, a wiser way to mortgage. This program proudly supported and brought to you by the Youngstown Drip IV Bar, helping the Mahoning Valley reach its wellness goal. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Youngstown Computer, the Valley's IT company. All right, back with Cranky Joe. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Joe's, Joe Flacco, I mean, 311 yards, something like that, three touchdowns, one pick, um, did have a another fumble in this game. But, I mean, the guy literally w- wasn't even a thought at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, wasn't a thought a month ago, and, and now he's – you know, led the team to a victory. He's been named the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Former Super Bowl MVP, we're talking 10 years ago, but, I mean, he's 38 years old. It's not like he's ancient. That's getting up there in NFL terms, but, like, Aaron Rodgers is 40. You know, there's a couple other guys. Stafford's getting up there. Um, but, you know, what? what's your impressions on what Joe Flacco has done or brought to this team so far? Yeah, he's he is really a superhuman being. If he could be playing at that level without having the rust to get knocked mm-hmm. off, because it doesn't feel like that. His yeah, accuracy's right. on, his arm's a cannon. Right. And, you know, he's making good, fast decisions about mm-hmm. dump-offs and checkdowns. So, I mean, that that's impressed me that he kept his football head, you know, along yeah. along the way. I think, you know, I used to hate the guy because of how much he he would win yeah. against us. Yeah. But he's just got composure. He's just a quiet dude mm-hmm. and he's got composure. I think it feels like there's an adult in the room when he's around. That's well said. I couldn't agree more and um it was nice to see Joe Flacco get a win in Cleveland Brown Stadium and, and be happy about it, you know, cuz right. like you said so many times he just like kicked our ass and it's nice to have him on our side this time. And, you know, I know Watson, uh, people, you know, are going to, that don't like Deshaun Watson are going to pile on. Hey, Joe, yeah, you know, right now I don't, I don't give a shit. Like I said, just, just give me a guy that wins. Yeah. So, and, and Joe Flacco, like you said, seems to be the adult in the room taking charge and doing a good job. And the passing game is like, I don't know if we've had a 300 yard passer this whole season. Right. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, I saw a stat. Joe Flacco has one less touchdown pass on the season than Kenny Pickett, who's played 12 games. Yep. So it, it's like he he's lighting it up and, and for good reason. So Deshaun Watson, um, uh, P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson Robinson, Joe Flacco, four quarterbacks that all have victories on the season for the Browns. First team in the NFL this year, and I think it's the first time in a season that's happened in like eight or nine years. So yeah. uh, pretty, pretty awesome stuff. But Joe Flacco is a pocket only guy. Zero yards rushing in the last <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, actually, maybe even maybe even <laughs> negative one yard on on, on those that victory I saw. Formations but, took and, him into the- <laughs> and you know what? 
who cares <laughs> at the same time we don't we don't need it uh, it's it's funny to think of the Browns as a passing team, though, because, you know, we've been so heavily relying on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and, and, and that tandem for the last few years. And now it's like, OK, Jerome Ford can get the job done. Kareem Hunt can come in on short yardage. But it's like the Browns are a play action passing team. So it's like we're relying on the run, but. We're almost passing to set up the run now instead yes, of vice versa. Opposite, right? So it's kind of nice. And so now, what do you think of, of announcing the quarterback selection way late, like almost before the game started? Yeah. Was it because you didn't want them to game plan or didn't know who to game plan against of if they would announce too soon? Yeah, I think that was a little bit of just like, um, you know, just gamesmanship there. I think it was like, you know, they're two very different quarterbacks. You know, Joe Flacco, big pocket more of a statue type presence in the but but has the big arm huge arm whereas thompson robinson more of your athlete more of your mo mobile can get out of the pocket you know run run game uh stuff like that so i think it's like just let jacksonville set up for both guys and and hopefully you know if they got to take a half hour of preparation away from something else that maybe um you know affected the game one way or another that we don't know about so yeah, and, and i'll tell you the quarterbacks that are like that where they're they they're in the safe pocket they live longer in the nfl mm -hmm. there aren't too many mobile quarterbacks that don't go through a big injury interruption or just drop out of the league early you're not wrong and man making some good points yeah. here well i think lamar is probably the one only one i could think of that he stayed relatively not dead <laughs> and he runs around a lot right but even like the last couple of years he's been banged up and hasn't really played much in the month of december right but this year he's been lucky baltimore ravens fans are probably like taking a deep breath every time he he gets out of pocket though so yeah. especially right now sitting at you know 10 and 3 so um and also the browns defense uh two take or four takeaways in this game three uh interceptions two of them by martin emerson and um one by Greg Newsom, and then they had the the fumble recovery there. So Browns defense kind of back to back to the way we want it. You know, maybe giving up a little bit more yardage than we want to, but overall, it looked like you know they got were able to get after Trevor Lawrence a little bit, who you know himself was a little bit nicked up. But again, we don't feel bad right <laughs> for him or, um, or the Jaguars. But uh, overall, and, pretty. And what solid. about um, uh, Phil Hopkins? Oh, D <laughs> Dustin Hopkins, <laughs> Phil. Joe's, his name. Joe's very tired tonight. I, I changed his name because he tied. Oh, Phil Dawson. Oh, I see what you did there. Thank you. Okay. You it's thought like, I was just brain dead. I, well, I mean, we're all a little tired. Yeah. Tis the freaking season to be tired and merry and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> that goes on the bumper sticker. Yes, right there. yes, yes. Clark That's a good one. Well, yep. So again, the Browns of first team uh, this year. I, I mean, most teams are on a backup quarterback now. Our our buddy Josh Dobbs even got benched last game in Minnesota. So crazy stuff. But uh, I, I saw this stat. This was interesting. Games with 250 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, the last two weeks, Joe Flacco has two. The Steelers, since Big Ben retired, zero. Mm. So um, getting it done. Um, the Browns. Take a guess who has the most victories this year against above 500 teams. Don't know. It is your Cleveland Browns. Mm. They're six and three. No way. Yeah. So the Browns have played nine teams this year or nine games versus opponents with winning records. They're six and three this season. Pretty solid. The Eagles are five and two. They have the best winning percentage, but the Browns have the most wins. So yeah, out, of, out of the, the people that we've both, 
beat and lost to. What's the biggest um, sort of take back game you would say that we should have totally won that game? And what's the one that, thank God, that one's over because we squeaked that one out? The first Steelers game to me is like a, like we should have beat them. Yeah. Like they we handed them 14 points. We lost by four. Um, and, you know, the offense wasn't clicking. Nick Chubb got hurt and it felt like, you know, it was just like a weird, it was a weird vibe. And and the Browns struggled to win in Pittsburgh outside of obviously the playoff game a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, that to me is like the game that's like, man, should have had that. However, on the opposite side, you beat the 49ers when you probably shouldn't have. You beat the Colts when maybe you shouldn't have. Um, there's another game in there. You probably shouldn't have won that you did. So, you know, I guess those can go both ways. Right. But, you know. Overall, yeah. pretty solid. Um, I'll I'll take um, the games we've won over the games maybe we should have won this year. You yeah, know? And, it, and it also makes you feel a little more solid in your <clears> offensive <throat> defense because the ones you put yes. up numbers on were good quality teams. If you would have had all of your wins come mm-hmm. from the you know the worst on the leaderboard, then you're not yeah. quite as confident. Exactly, and 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 the places the Browns have lost this year, you know, you lose to Denver. That's a tough place to play. Yeah. I think overall the Browns are like seven and 25 all time in Denver or something like that. Um, uh, you know, you lose in Pittsburgh. That was a tough one. Um, and then, you know, the Rams, that was just a weird game. Yeah. Joe Flacco's first start. Um, and you were right there with like three or four minutes left in the game. And, and, you know, it got away from them at the end, but, uh, you know, the first Ravens game, you throw that game out. That was, that was kind of garbage. And there's one more off the top of my head. I'm missing. Oh, and the Seattle game. Yeah. Should have won that game. Absolutely. Should have won that, that game. That would have been so. my oopsie one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think that Pittsburgh game I, where we were at and where they were at, yeah. that one wasn't as lopsided as it, as it should have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was a weird one, but Seattle's, I think both of us were on a spot where we mm-hmm. just lost that game rather mm-hmm. than being beaten. Exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it. Um, so go, going back and I'm getting a phone call. I'm not sure who that is, but, um, going back to your point, um, of Bill, uh, the kicker, yeah, no, but Dustin 55 Hopkins, five. So, I mean, yarder. he's just he's just been unbelievable this year. So, sets the two Browns records in the last game one, um, 31 field goals in a single season, which sets the new Browns record, beating your guy Phil Dawson, mm-hmm. and then uh, most 50 plus yard field goals by a Browns kicker with eight passing Phil Dawson, who did it twice back in 11 and 12 so pretty awesome stuff there so i mean this guy you could argue maybe <laughs> one of the best trades in brown's history i mean they got him for a seventh round pick and i saw i remember people earlier in the season were like why would you give up a draft pick for a kicker it's like well we took a kicker in the fourth round that didn't seem to work <laughs> out so well um or as well as we hoped and then it's like literally we we gave a seventh round pick away that you know might end up being a guy that probably doesn't even make the practice squad for a kicker who yeah I know he's a kicker but kickers hold the outcomes of games maybe just as much as any position on the field outside of quarterback. All right, so just based on recollection, mm-hmm. how many games this year was decided on kickers back? Oh man, um, so. Let's see. This last game sealed it, right? Yeah, yeah. And really, I mean, you miss that. You give the ball to the Jaguars at like the 40 or some 
you know, they got to go 50 yards or 60 yards for a touchdown. Um, the 49ers game. Okay. Um, trying to think uh, the Ravens game. He actually missed an extra point and then won it uh, at the end. And the Ravens, uh, the Colts game, he hit some bombs in that game. So there's been at least three, but, but he's, he's won, you know, I would say three to four games this year that, that may, you know, he's not necessarily loan responsible for, but he is like a miss kick would be the reason maybe you didn't win that game otherwise. So, um, you know, even if he only makes 50% of those, maybe you got two extra losses this year and you're sitting as a 500 team instead of, or, you know, a game under 500 instead of being, uh, you know, whatever your record is. So eight and five, maybe you're, six and seven or something like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm still, see, I like Cade and, yeah. and I thought that he had a really big leg and mm -hmm. then he could be something. So I almost wonder, like, had we stuck it out with him by this point in the season, would he have got his shit together and been kicking 60 maybe, yarders? You maybe. Know? And, and there's a possibility, but um, I'm, I'm happy with where we're at and I, we don't I'm have to worry you, about the what ifs, but it's like, you know, I, I felt like, and you've mentioned this before. It's like, the kind of the yips, you know, you, you get like nervous and it becomes a mental thing with Cade York. It was never physical. It was always mental. And, you know, with him, you could just kind of tell that he was thinking about it way more than he should have. Yeah. Whereas Hopkins is just going out there, getting the job done. And, you know, he's, he's actually missed two extra points this year, which have kind of been costly at the time, but, and he's redeemed himself on one of them. Yeah. Uh, but overall, not not terrible so yeah <laughs> actually the opposite of terrible pretty pretty damn great yeah. so um i've mentioned this stat before but kevin stefanski is now 10 and 1 versus cats versus or, cats. not actual cats but cat teams cat mascots and he's got one more game on the schedule to uh up that to 11 and 1 so 6 and 1 all time versus the Bengals. 1 and 0 versus the lions now moves to 2 and 0 against the jaguars and 1 and 0 Versus the Carolina Panthers. So, why, why do you think he hates cats so much? I think he might love cats. Okay. He loves to play those cat teams. And he's just taking advantage of uh, when when he can. So, hmm. And he's okay. got that dog mentality mm. in him, you know? Dogs have to so. hate cats. <laughs> Let's look at AFC North. <laughs> yeah. AF, AFC North. Ravens get a freaking walk-off overtime victory. 37 31 um they will now play the jaguars the jaguars on a tough stretch here bengals browns ravens but uh ravens 10 and 3 browns 8 and 5 the steelers we're going to talk about the steelers here in a minute 7 and 6 and the um bengals also 7 and 6 so the afc north is the only team only division in football with every team above 500 which is that's pretty impressive there and, and i think you predicted it from the very beginning of the year that this was going to be the the division to watch yeah this is the toughest division in football um you look outside and you know th there's some there's some really solid teams in the nfl but but no division from top to bottom is as good as the um afc north joe yeah you, i was going to mention this like yeah, this, yeah go ahead what were you yeah, gonna say I, I was gonna say looking at last week's picks um you you did pretty well. You've uh, you you gained four games on me, and and we're now back tied. So, okay. and what was our what was our deal on Monday night? Were we were we stupid or were they stupid? Well, I will tell you what the Miami Dolphins cost me a lot <laughs> of money last night. I, I I am telling you, man, that Tua he's either awesome or get out of here. Well, the Dolphins, and we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit, are the first 
team in, in like 700 plus games to lose a 14 point lead with less than three minutes to go in a game. So I will say a lot of that is, is coaching and you know, the Titans gave the dolphins plenty of opportunities yeah. to win that game turnovers, different things like that. But the dolphins kind of gave that game away more than I think the Titans won it. So, um, and, and then the, the Packers game we'll talk about in a little bit here, but there's our, uh, there's our picks last week and you, you were like on fire there for a while. And then, um, you know, and I just, I lost, uh, four of my last five picks, but overall we're both exactly 62% on the season. We are both 129 and 79. So 50 games over 500 each. So pretty, pretty good overall, but, uh, you know, those last couple of games hurt us because, you know, they, well, they my, my methodology stays the same no matter what. And I think next year I, I need to change it a little bit. When we start getting towards the middle part of the, the season where all the injuries, I mm -hmm. can't use my math. It doesn't work quite the same because it's basically a different team out there while those people yeah. are healing up. And then when they get back to it, then it's a math game. Or maybe you shouldn't pick like one of the worst teams in the NFL that just happens to start one of your favorite quarterbacks. Josh Effin Dobbs. <laughs> or Baker Effin Mayfield. Ba <laughs> Baker came through. Baker's actually been pretty good this year. So no, no hate on Baker. How many game deficit did I accumulate because of my heart? Uh, maybe a few, but but you got that one early in the season where the Cardinals upset the Cowboys. Right? and there's that's the, been that's the origin right yeah there. exactly and and the Buccaneers, and Baker did a couple of them yeah so. Buccaneers I think have already hit their win total over for the year I think it was five and a half and they have six wins so all right so who's who's worse the worst out there is Arizona the worst or is Panthers oh, the worst the, the Panthers are the yeah. worst yeah yeah they one are in whatever one in 12 I think so I think every team now has played 13 games okay so I don't I don't know I don't think there's any more bye weeks left so from now on, everyone has four games left to go and just a race to the finish line. So some teams want to race to the bottom because they want one of the quarterbacks or maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes. Whereas a lot of the other teams are trying to get back in that playoff contention. And there is a lot, a lot of parity in the NFL in the middle this year. There are a ton of seven and six and six and seven teams. And we'll get to that in just a second here. But what I'm going to do real quick, just thought this might be fun. I'm going to give you one thought for each game in the NFL this past weekend. So we're going to start with last Thursday's I'm, game. I'm tired, so it's most going to be horse shit that comes out of my mouth. That's fine. Warning. That's fine. So we're just going to go real quick. One thought might be, each might be one. my answer. Well, you're going to you're going to enjoy the first one. But Patriots 21, Steelers 18. First team in NFL history to be over 500 this late in the season and lose to two and 10 teams or teams eight games under 500 or more. First time that's ever happened in NFL history. So thoughts on that? Um, I think Bill Belichick himself could have come out and beat the Steelers without any other help. Okay. Yeah. I, no, no problem there. No complaints either. Saints 28, the worst team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers six. Saints are one of three NFC NFC South teams to be six and seven. The fourth NFC South team is the Panthers. They're one and 12 and probably the least talented uh, team in the NFL. They do not own their own first round pick this year. That is huge because they would probably have the number one pick overall. Well, if the season ended right now, they would. But that pick goes to the Chicago Bears. So the Bears are probably looking at two top 10 picks, probably one in like seven or eight. And uh, yeah, that's a, that trade is looking really bad for it. They didn't take CJ Stroud. They took Bryce young and CJ Stroud looks 
like the offensive rookie of the year, possible MVP candidate a week or two ago. And now Bryce Young, you're looks like you're stuck with him. So doesn't look like a very good trade there. So um, that's that game. Next one. Rams 31 Ravens 37 Ravens walk it off with a punt return touchdown. It's only the fourth time in NFL history that has happened, but it is the second time that has happened this year. So uh, one of the opening games of the season, the jets walked off the Buffalo bills, same fashion. So Ravens 37 uh, Rams 31 Bengals 34 Colts 14 uh, this game. Bengals move to two and one without Joe Burrow and win their second game in six days versus an AFC South team. Both of these teams are in the group of six AFC teams that are seven and six. And both of these quarterbacks in this game, you had Gardner Menchu who played at Washington state and Jake Browning who played at Washington. They played each other before in college uh, in the apple cup. So uh, next game lions 13 bears 28. That is the Browns opponent this coming week. Uh, the bears moved to five and eight. They upset the nine and four lions almost knocked them off twice this year. Um, they had a three to nothing turnover margin. Justin Fields looked good. The bears defense looked good. So we'll see if you are the bears and you have the number one pick next year. Do you trade Justin Fields and try to accumulate picks and take whatever quarterback you want? Or do you keep Fields and draft maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr. or maybe trade back? What would you do? If you're I'm, I'm keeping Fields. I, yeah? I think he's solid enough that, you know, might not be your, your franchise guy, but he's totally developable. I think you have to do one of those two things. I don't think you can keep the one pick, bring in a quarterback and keep fields because then you got drama every week. It's yeah. like, who's going to be the quarterback or are we going to go to the backup? So I, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think, and remember what I said too. I said, I think Justin Fields should be playing for the Atlanta Falcons next year. That would make them a legit Super Bowl contender. I think he's very good, uh, mistake prone sometimes, but, uh, but he's a very good, if, especially if he's in the right circumstances. Well, and some of these teams like bringing 40 year old quarterbacks off the bench to play, you yeah. might see a bunch of teams go to the NFL graveyard and dig up a Brett Favre mm. or, a, you know, somebody else and put on their roster. Maybe not Brett Favre. <laughs> Boomer, Boomer. Assassin. Phil Sims, yes. Joe Montana. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe one of those Co guys. Bernie Kosar still yeah, available. Bernie. Bernie's out there. Doing, um, you know, you got it, Doug Flutie doing eugenics commercial. Dodgeball? No, that what was it? Where? Oh no, it was uh, Waterboy. Where mm. where teams would start bringing in? Yeah, <laughs> the actual Waterboy. The the yeah, <laughs> the towel boy. That's we'll see how that works out. Bold strategy, Cotton. Your guy Baker Mayfield. Yes. Uh, the Buccaneers twenty nine twenty three. They. I put in here, I think Baker Mayfield should be considered for the comeback player of the year. I mean, think about this. He was on four different teams, really, at the end of the 22 season to the end of the 23 season. So the Browns, what, the Panthers, the Rams, and now the Buccaneers. So four teams, and he's finally, like, seems like he's got a nice feel down there in, in Tampa, doing a nice job. Um, but they score with 33 seconds left. Uh, take the lead, and now they are technically, but based on tiebreakers, atop the a um, NFC uh, South, 
at six and seven, although they are tied with like the Saints and the Falcons. So that'll all play itself out. But uh, Baker Mayfield doing a nice job for not a great job, but but a nice job overall for the, for the Buccaneers. And I'm happy uh, for him for mm-hmm. that because it yeah. would be rough to go out having like jump yeah. from team to team and then phase out of the NFL. At least he, he knew he could bounce back. Yeah. I, I really, like, I appreciate all Baker Mayfield did for the Browns. I was never like, I love this guy. I'm going to like staunchly defend him to the end. I, I criticized him, but I think the Browns got exactly what they needed out of Baker Mayfield and then needed to move on. Uh, and I think it was good for both parties. Yeah, so, I agree. you know, it was mutually uh, beneficial there. Uh, Texans. This was a, a big surprise. Texans six, Jets 30. This game was 0-0 at the half. C.J. Stroud went into concussion protocol. So that's a that's a big hit for uh, the Texans. Zach Wilson had one of his best days as a pro. Probably uh, found like a cougar out there that that helped him out. Like got him some uh, more energy uh, in the years. We know he's a former BYU cougar, but also a, a cougar hunter out there off the field. So, uh, but throws for more than three hundred yards. If you had that on your uh, NFL bingo card, there. Um, the 49ers. Obviously, uh, around here, a lot of people follow the 49ers, but Seahawks 16, 49ers 28. Brock Purdy throws for the most yards in the NFL this week, 368 yards. The Niners averaged 10 yards per play, which is like elite college-level craziness. Uh, Debo Samuel runs for one, catches one. The 49ers take over the top seed, the number one uh, spot in the NFC. They are tied with the Eagles and the Cowboys all at 10 and 3, but the 49ers have beat both of those teams this season. Now, this game, Vikings 3, Raiders oh nothing. Goodness. Josh Dobbs was benched, but the team wins. And this was the low, I think there has been a 0 0 game or so before in the NFL. And I'm talking like years and years and years, like decades ago, but this was the lowest ever scoring indoor game in nfl history first game in a dome um so did you watch it was it just i did not see it i i would i just saw like little bits and pieces and and the vikings field goal was with like i can't remember if it was no time on the clock or barely any time so they kicked that field goal late so um i really do like um when two defensive teams just do what they do i mean I, it's so impressive to watch you know professional wide receivers get locked down by yeah. corners and can't turn off a play and the mm-hmm. line stands up love those games not yeah. exciting to watch yeah so either i want it to be zero zero or five thousand to five thousand <laughs> yeah right yeah and and i don't know if that game was so much uh good defense as it was bad <laughs> offense but i again i didn't watch much so i can't claim to uh to know now the craziest game of the week was the Bills 20, Chiefs 17. Buffalo had to have this game. They needed it. However, they stay alive. There was a controversial late call in this game um, against the Chiefs. If you can see, if you're watching on the bottom of uh, right-hand side of the screen, uh, Kadarius Tony lines up like inches off sides, and um, they, they throw the flag. The Chiefs actually scored a touchdown on this play. Mahomes hit Kelsey. Kelsey um, threw it back to Tony and they scored on like a 49 yard uh, touchdown pass, which was an insane play. Awesome play, but offsides. And then the very next play, Buffalo was lined off offsides, didn't get called. 
and I think Mahomes might have thrown thrown a pick or, or something happened uh, negatively for the Chiefs there, and Mahomes just absolutely lost it. Uh, had to be restrained by his teammates. Um, kind of threw a fit after the game, and uh, it was it was an ugly one. But uh, the Bills twenty, the Chiefs seventeen. The Bills are one of the best seven and six teams of all time, <laughs> and the Chiefs are uh, looking not so much like a Super Bowl champion this year. There is um, Russell Wilson driving uh, for Bronco Nation there on the bottom. But uh, the Broncos' late season charge continues. They win their sixth game in seven tries. They dominate the disappointing Chargers. Now Justin Herbert is out with a broken finger, so we'll see on that. But the uh, Chargers are an absolute disappointment on the season. Then these two teams match up in an AFC or NFC East battle. The Cowboys dominate the Eagles. Um, they split the series Eagle. They both teams went at home. Uh, both teams are again, 10 and three. As I mentioned, they lose the tiebreaker to the 49ers right now. Dak Prescott might be the MVP front runner right now, him and Brock Purdy. Um, and then I don't know if you've heard the story about Dallas's kicker. His last name's Aubrey. I can't remember his front first name, but he had never played football before. Um, I think he went to the USFL after college, um, but he was um, an MLS soccer player, uh, then tried out for like a USFL team. He is 30 for 30 on field goals this season, and he hit like a 60-yarder and like a 59-yarder this season. So pretty unbelievable stuff out of the Cowboys kicker. And then finally, two Monday night games. The Packers 22, Giants 24. Looked like the Packers were going to get a late win, but uh, Tommy DeVito, again, didn't need his shine box in this. And he lived, this kid lives with his parents in New Jersey. So you got to think he's probably like, he, you know, he, he's not making terrible money, but he's making like, you know, low end NFL money. But to live in like the New York City area, you probably need to still make a substantial amount of money if you want your own place, if you want a decent sized place. But um, I think he might earn some some more money and in incentives here. Apparently, restaurants are just sending food to his parents' house to feed him day to day. Um, but he sleeps in his childhood bed, woke up that morning, goes out and, and beats the Green Bay Packers. So pretty unbelievable story there. And if you haven't seen his agent, look at that guy. <laughs> That guy looks like he's straight out of the Sopranos or straight out of uh, Goodfellas. But uh, I put, you know, after they uh, they won, they were definitely going somewhere after the game to get some good gabagool. <laughs> forget about it. Hey, forget about it. Like, we can't get canceled for that kind of stuff, can you? No. Okay. All right. No. Just making sure. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, we're in Youngstown, too. So Titans 28, Dolphins 27. This is the first time... In over 700 tries, uh, a team has won, being down 14 or more points with three or less minutes to go. And Mike Vrabel, Ohio State Buckeye, he is from the 330. He is from uh, the Canton area. Walsh High School uh, is just one of the best coaches in the NFL. So uh, great job out of him and his Titans team upsetting the Miami Dolphins. I, I think the Browns have lost a lot of games in the last two minutes over the years. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say they probably have most of those. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that was a that was an incredibly weird way to lose um, for both teams last night. Uh, but you know that was 
those were very Browns ways to lose. Yes. And thankfully, I think we're maybe we're up beyond that point. Mm-hmm. There, we hope so. So let's let me let me just read five names for you. Okay. Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, Will Levis, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco. Do you know what those guys have in common? They led the NFL in passing yards this week. That is insane. Normally you're thinking Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, you know, Joe Burrow. I know he's injured, but you know, you throw in whoever. But Brock Purdy, last player picked a couple years ago in the draft, Desmond Ritter, third or fourth round quarterback, Will Levis, second round pick, Lamar Jackson, known for his running, and then Joe Flacco, who had been you know, the Super Bowl MVP 10 years ago and hadn't played hardly at all this year. So um, unbelievable so you, so stuff. You curveballed me. Normally those kind of questions are something silly. Yeah. But I thought through that. I probably yeah. figured it out. I thought it was like their middle names are Charlie. Yeah, something. right, right. <laughs> Freaking Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. Um, we're going to skip that one. Here is a look at the. Um, oh, and by the way, yeah. sorry to interrupt you that this this like happened at least a couple times. People started <laughs> referring to Joe Flacco as Grandpa Joe and not one comment mm. from Justin. I didn't. Bitter hatred for the Grandpa oh, Joe thing. There, there's plenty more. Grandpa. Okay, so. There is a Willy Wonka preview or like prequel movie coming out. Um in like three days. So it is like the origin story of Willy Wonka. So I'm guessing grandpa Joe is not in this, but I have, um, you know, most people have aspirations of like, you know, owning their own company or doing this or that. No, I have a, I have an aspiration of doing a show on a complete grandpa Joe character breakdown and why I hate him so much. So, um, I think that's in the docket real, real soon. So, uh, I think that's coming. So if they had a prequel and that showed you why he became such a dick, is that something worthwhile you go and see? What? Grandpa Joe? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, he's probably the highest ranking dick that I've ever seen. <laughs> Be careful how you say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's fair, though. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> he's up there in the category of dicks. So yes. dicks go. So yes. if somebody just tuned in. Yes, and huge dick. <laughs> big dick. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. AFC standings. AFC standings. Baltimore 10 and 3, Miami 9 and 4, Kansas City 8 and 5, Jacksonville 8 and 5. Those are your division leaders. Browns 8 and 5 even though Joe was a little disappointed over the weekend with them. Grandpa Grumpy Joe over there. 8 and 5. Seven and six Steelers, seven and six Colts who play each other this weekend. Um, and then outside looking in, Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and Bills, all seven and six. I have five teams eliminated from the playoffs, in my opinion. The Patriots, Titans, uh, the Chargers, Jets, and Raiders. So um there Aaron Rodgers comes back, smokes ayahuasca. <laughs> They're right in there, man. That guy is not coming back. He <laughs> Ever? is not coming back. No, no. So um, we will uh, talk about the rest of the games on the schedule here. So, Joe, looking at the Browns' schedule, yes. eight and five, mm-hmm. they have Chicago at home. They have the Houston Texans on the road on Christmas Eve. They have the New York Jets at home on a Thursday night, and they're at the Cincinnati Bengals to end the season. 
What say you on the Browns, the final four games of the season? So best case scenario, 12 and five. Worst case scenario, eight and nine or somewhere in between. All right. They're going to go on a three game winning streak and they're going to give it up to Cincinnati at the end. So three and one. Okay. I'm happy with three and one. Give me 11 and six all day long. I think the Browns just have to go two and two to get into the playoffs. Um, they are so banged and bruised and, and whatever. And, you know, I'm not necessarily thinking this is a Super Bowl contender like I was maybe like six weeks ago before the Watson injury, but I'm a eternal optimistic uh, and, and maybe for terrible reasons because I am a Cleveland sports fan and that's a, that's a very dangerous game to be playing, but eight and five, no one would have thought at eight and five. If you say Nick Chubb's out for the year, play would play one game this year. Basically you tell me Deshaun Watson would play five games this year. I'm probably saying the Browns are going five and 10 or five and 12 or, you know, whatever, but you tell me their Browns are eight and five and have a chance. Chicago, they're going to be favored. Houston, We'll see if CJ Stroud's back. If he's not back, the Browns will be favored in that one. If he is back, I think they're a slight underdog. The Jets, they'll be favored at home. And the Bengals, we'll see about that game too. That might be a pick em, depending on the way the Bengals play the rest of the year. But there's a lot of cannibalization that's going to still happen. Like I mentioned, the Steelers and Colts play this week. One of them are going to win, one of them are going to lose. The... Uh, Texas still plays the Colts, uh, you know, and, and there's a few other games mixed in there. And listen to the Bills, who's seven and six. They have the Cowboys and they have the Dolphins still on their schedule. So they probably got two wins going to the Chargers and the Patriots, but they're going to have to be Dallas, who's playing some of the best football and the Dolphins. And we'll see how, how that game plays out for them the rest of the season. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but, uh, but, you know, that's uh, a look at the NFL. So, so what do what do we have to do winning or someone else losing to be able to get a game at home for playoffs? Yeah. So unfortunately the Browns would have to win the AFC North to get the pl home playoff game. So the number one seed will get the, the, you know, playoffs at home throughout the, you know, um, throughout the playoffs, but the, the division winners get the home playoff game. So the, it's going to be, Miami is going to win the East, I would assume. Uh, the North, Baltimore seems to be favored. The Browns have a very slim outside shot yeah, to get it. Yeah, they look almost win out and they lose out. Exactly. Um, Jacksonville looks – there's a bunch of teams right on their tail. So whoever gets it, that's who's going to be, you know, the home teams in the first round. However, maybe the Browns, you know, maybe there's an upset or something and they can they can get a second round home game depending on the way things play out if they're a five seed or something like that. So man, um, do we play good at home? I know they are I think six and one at home this season. So yeah, we we need all the uh we need all the home games we can get yeah. for sure. And that defense for whatever reason is just so much better. Um okay. Um uh, real quick couple random things here. First of all, baseball note show Otani. Do you know Shohei Otani? I don't. You're not a big baseball guy, but Shohei Otani is one of the most unique players in all of sports. He is a power hitting, uh, 
let's just call him a power hitting designated hitter. And he's also a really solid pitcher. He is pretty young still. I think he's in his mid twenties, um, came over from Japan. Um, you know, had one of the best pitching seasons, had one of the best hitting seasons last, last year. He is one of the most coveted free agents. He signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers this past weekend. You have not heard what the contract was. Okay. I'm going to tell you he signed for 10 years with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Give me a ballpark number on what you think he signed for. Mm, $170 million. Total? Yeah. He signed for $700 million, which is... Is he worth $70 million a year? Well... That's to be debated. <laughs> I I don't know what kind of revenue and income he will bring in, but to me that seems uh, a bit excessive. I, I I think fifty would have been a lot. Uh, you know, baseball contracts are a little bit out of control in baseball itself. There's no salary cap. There's you know, it's it's a little bit wild west. But here's the craziest thing about this contract: for the next ten seasons, he's going to be paid. For the next 10 years, 10 years, $20 million. So for the next 10 years, he is only going to make $2 million per baseball season. He did the Bobby Bonilla contract. Oh, no. 2034 to 2043. So for the 10 years after this contract, he will be paid $68 million a season. That payment is deferred. So he will make $20 million over the next 10 years. He will make six hundred and eighty million over the following ten years. Insanity. Now, let me ask you this though: Why would he defer payment? Because if you had that money now and you could invest it, wouldn't that be the more financial sound? I'm sure he has his reasons. And if you know you got sixty-eight million dollars coming to you in eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, all the way up to twenty years from now, that's pretty good financial planning. But what would you do if you were in that situation? Yeah, see, I'd take the cash now because yeah. inflation's going to chunk out of it, and what you're signing for today ain't going to be worth that. In exactly. The future. But that feels like a like a salary cap move. But there's no salary caps, so right? Yeah. Will there be one in the future that they're uh, that, end around? That's that's a very interesting point, and I don't know how that would work out. Um, but yeah, that, I I think, I mean, take the money now, or like, and or take it a lot more over per year. But again, I'm sure he's got his reasons. Um, maybe maybe he, he, knows, he knows something that yeah, we don't. Maybe he's terribly irresponsible and all he'll do is hookers and blow. And so he's going to hold it out from them himself. So he doesn't spend it all in one club. That's a lot of hookers and blow. Lots of hookers. And blow. I don't know what those things cost, but I'm sure it ain't cheap, but it's less than 20 million. So. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, let's defer that. Maybe hookers and blow go down. Yeah. In costs, well, he's making his sixty. Yeah, I don't you know. got you got it in the market, make an interest, and then you could buy all your hookers and blow on interest only. You never have to touch the golden well, so, goose. So earlier, <laughs> earlier in the show, if people just tuned in for a little bit and heard us talking about dicks. Yes, yes, we were, we were, we were fascinated with dicks, and now we're and talking hookers about hookers and, and blow. blow. Okay, all uh, right, it's a family so, friendly friendly show here. It is, it is. So hypothetically. Yes. If he did take the 70 million a year per month, that would be 
5.8 million dollars 5.83 million dollars per week 1.346 million dollars per day $192,000 per hour $8,000 per minute $133 per second $2.22 per game $432,100 that's a lot of change and that's a lot of hookers and blow <laughs> tons of hookers and blow <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Heisman Trophy announced this weekend. Jaden Daniels wins it. Those like, segues are amazing. Uh, you, you know. can go hookers and blow right to the... And you just go, <sighs> moving on. That's it. <laughs> to I'm sure if uh, these guys in New York City were could have been easily propositioned with hookers and blow, but okay. they got big careers in front of them. But Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy for LSU. Uh, Michael Penix, second. Bo Nix, third. And Marvin Harrison Jr., a Heisman finalist. Wide receivers usually do not get invited, but uh, he finished fourth, but a very admirable finish. Looking now, the Heisman Trophy winners overall, there have been eight winners by USC. That includes Reggie Bush, uh, who they took it away. Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma have seven. Alabama has four. Uh, you can see the up there with three. And now... Um, LSU it gets into that mix with three because of Jaden Daniels, who transferred, by the way, from Arizona State. This gives the Buckeyes a long list of Heisman finalists over the last few years. Chase Young and Justin Fields in 2019, Marvin Harrison this year, C.J. Stroud in 21 and 22, and Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, in 2018. So Buckeyes have a really nice list. And though, although Marvin Harrison Jr. did not win the Heisman, he did win the Bolitnikoff Award, which is given to the best wide receiver in all of college football, which is well-deserved by Marvin Harrison. A um, couple other quick he a notes. Man purse around him? He he he's a man purse guy. And yeah. and and Joe, like I think we're um, we're to the point now where I don't know if we're allowed to comment on that because like I don't know if we're like those guys like it's a cool thing now. Like remember like fanny packs used to be a thing, but this is basically a fanny pack around your like your chest area, and I don't know. It's a a man. Uh, a man purse? I don't know what you would call it. It's a purse. A purse is probably it. So anyone out there smarter than me, uh, which is most of you, uh, share that if you know. Uh, Ryan Ryan Day told Kyle McCord how he can start next year. He said, yeah, why don't you jump in the portal there, buddy? <laughs> there are 106 quarterbacks in the transfer portal, but there are 133 programs in FBS football, which is in sanity college football i love it it's one of my favorite things but they got to get it under control it's it's, it's really wild west it's it, it's not ruined it's messed up and i think it can be tidied up that's the way i'm gonna put it so they, they ruined it with the nil they yep. ruined it with how they seed these freaking bowls and and seeding these uh this, whatever the college black. football playoff yeah. yep Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah did you see did you see that marvin harrison jr 20 million dollars a year on NIL, nil deals yeah i i first of all i think that's i think that's a stupid take because first of all he's not getting that and second of all what rookie wide receivers do not make 20 million dollars a year like over the course of his contract he might make 20 to 30 million and that will escalate each year but He's not making that his rookie year. So if he hypothetically came back to Ohio State and let's say he got 
four or five million dollars, his draft stock isn't going to go higher than it is now. He's going to the NFL. Like, I think this is all just like hyperbole and like just like semantics of people, you know, for links and clicks and stuff like that. But he's going to go to the NFL. However, a guy like Travion Henderson, the running back for Ohio State, whose running back shelf lives are not very uh, long in the NFL. Travion Henderson made $771,000 being the Ohio State running back last season. Kyron Williams, a rookie in the NFL, who's one of the better rookie running backs, makes $760,000 this year. So that is a good spot for kids like Travion Henderson. It's like, well, I can actually maybe make more in college than I can uh, in the pros being a third or fourth round draft pick. So if I go back to college uh, where there might not be as much pressure, your body might not take as much uh, harm as in the NFL, and you can make a little bit more money, why not? So I don't know. That's something to think about there. Yeah, but you still have to serve that rookie year contract whenever you do. Yeah, go. yeah. And 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 again, yeah, that's that's it's like um like light and a fuse and it's like you only have so much uh the wick to go yeah so it, but do you want to make more of your money in in college or the pros and you know we'll see so um joe i these are just the ranked ranked games here so ranked versus ranked matchups so the pop tarts bowl <laughs> the tony the tiger sun bowl the peach bowl Wait, that's real pop tarts like did you yeah. make that up no that's oh, pop tarts bowl is a real thing okay yeah it's uh nc state and uh and kansas state so the pop tarts bowl mm. but I've, i figured we'll do before we take a break here for christmas in a week or two um we'll do a, a full breakdown on the bowl games and we'll, we'll talk about um the maybe origins of the names and, and and the marketing routes they took there with some of them so we shall see all right, a couple random things from the internet. For let's take about four or five minutes, and then we'll close up shop here. So I saw this on, um, I think it was Wealth Magazine or or something, but they posted it on on Twitter or X, excuse me. But it posted and said almost fifty percent of men think they can land a passenger plane in an emergency. Fifty percent. What say you? Totally. There's two of us here. Yeah. So could you think you, you could do it? I played so much flight simulator. Absolutely. Hell no. You do not want me. I'm crashing that thing. <laughs> I can drive a forklift. I can drive a car. I can drive this and that. I I could probably drive. I don't know if I could get into a stick shift car right now and drive it. So, because it's been so. So if you threw me behind an airplane uh, deck right now, first of all, I'm looking out over that thing and i'm hoping i'm not pissing my pants first of all before i try to land the thing so you think you could do it oh yeah i would totally do it Th think about how much of the stuff is computer system controlled anyway so you're just you're just flicking buttons and going neener neener you know all right i have less confidence <laughs> now that but 50 percent of the people in this room think they can learn that's land fair bj <laughs> see if bj can land a plane hey bj if you were on a commercial airliner, pilot knocks out, could you land the plane? God, no. All right. We're down to we're down to 30, 33 and a third percent. All right. All right. So we 
All right. All right. Very good. I, I so need... would you rather go with someone who thinks they can or someone who knows they can't? I would actually rather go with someone that thinks they can't. Okay. At you least you're better. given a chance. Yeah. Cause I'd raise my, like, is there a doctor on board? <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Or if you're looking at me, you're like, nope. <laughs> you're nope. worthless. You didn't even try. <laughs> Second random thing from the internet. This comes from black Adam Schefter on, on Twitter. And I cannot unsee this now. Somebody said Scottie Pippen looks like Chester Cheetah, and I haven't breathed since. <laughs> Look at that. That is Chester Cheetah. What, he's, what say you? I'm trying not to see Chester <laughs> Cheetah. You know who I actually saw? It, he's actually a villain. He's this super tall guy, and he's like a big Hawaiian complexion mm. guy with a really long face. He, that's who I saw when I saw that picture. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to dig that up. I'm going to show you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm find out what his name is, and you tell me if I'm right. Okay, all right. So while you're doing that, for whatever reason, that made me think of Troy Aikman. Have you ever heard how Troy Aikman, a lot of people compare him to Jay-Z? No. That, that that if you look, there's a screen grab of Troy Aikman and Jay-Z. Um, so I'm trying to think who you're thinking of. A Hawaiian guy? Is it the guy from Game of Thrones? Um, that's like the Aquaman guy, not that no, guy, right? No. Okay, all right. Just curious. I wasn't sure. All right, let's see. Hmm. Patrick, no. Look for a big freaking dude. <laughs> <laughs> While Joe's scrolling the whole internet for every actor that's ever acted in any movie. Um, I have one other question, and I'm and I'm very curious since it's around Christmas time. This movie will be on. Let me know when you find it. Oh, David, I know who that is. Um, I'm going to put this up on the screen, and if anyone thinks this, let me know. Joe, while you're looking for that, I uh -huh. want you to think of this. Okay. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. Joe says no. No. I say yes, it is. Now... Does it have the full Christmas theme of like, you know, all this stuff? Uh, you know, does it? No, but it takes place during Christmas, a holiday party, which they're celebrating Christmas. So for me, Die Hard, yes, Christmas movie. That's all is required is they, they, they have a Christmas present in the corner of one of the scenes. And now all of a sudden it's a Christmas I, movie. I think, I think a lot of movies, like there has to be some stipulation of yes or no Christmas movie, not but is this the guy yeah dallop from get smart dallop i don't know i wish there is. was a better uh oh it says he's from easter island that could be used for in a conspiracy theory yeah. show dallop i don't know who that is smart tall villain <laughs> <laughs> is he smart uh, probably not oh yeah i don't get, know the movie was get smart oh get smart yeah okay and that, used anyway, to, that used to be an old movie back in go, the day. Go back to your slide, and I want you to give this a fair comparison. It's oh. way, if this guy got some facial hair. Oh, wait. Oh. oh. Pippin? Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. It's like the way his chin yes, right. is, is jutting out. Yep. So, okay, that, I can that see that. strong jaw. Yeah, he does. Very strong jaw. Pippin looks weird, dude. <laughs> Pippin does look weird. <laughs> 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 All right, so... Final answer, Die Hard, not a Christmas not movie? A, not a, 50 percent okay. of this room think it is not. Okay, and 50% of this room can land an airplane in an emergency. <laughs> so write that down. Write that down. All right, well, for Joe, who can land an airplane, for me, who cannot, 
and BJ in the back doesn't want any part of this. Uh, we appreciate you watching the 330 Sports Show on Youngstown Studio. We will see you guys again on Thursday. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. This is original Youngstown content. Feel free to share our videos and tell your friends about us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Thank you 